Hello. Hi. Hi, Dan. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you. From beautiful Hawaii, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's been raining in Ottawa for the last four days. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's been... That's a lot of rain. Yeah, so I have to... I have to be my own sunshine. Oh. <laughs> All right, Dan, let's get into it. What I normally do to start the podcast, I get my guests to introduce themselves. Okay. And just give a context for this this podcast and I'll okay. take it from there. Hi, my name is Dan Paul Roberts. I am an artist originally from Texas, now living in Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, among other things, I have a drag persona known as Candy Shell, who sings and tells jokes and takes over my body a few times a month. <laughs> That's perfect. That is so perfect. Well, I mean, I know Candy because I've been following her on Instagram and she's lovely. <laughs> oh, I'll tell her you said so. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, she, you know, like every time I, I read some of your stories on Instagram, it's mm -hmm. just a bit of sunshine because you are so vibrant, you know, and as candy. And it really does make you smile. Like I look at it and some of the, the songs are a little bit quirky. And I got, and it kind of reminds me, I don't know if it's your intention, but it kind of reminds me of like 50s type uh you know you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah yeah kind of i think i think her whole her whole attitude and demeanor is sort of like yeah like 50s barbie almost you know yes. yeah 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 exactly how i feel but yeah so it's it's um really really interesting and um you know, to create context for this conversation, um, let us talk about your journey to begin with. How did you come to creating this candy? But, you know, so what's your journey up until when you created candy? How did you start? Were you... Like, how did I get into drag? Is that what you mean? Well, no, it just or where where. Where was the the germination of this particular character? Yeah, well, all of that, you know, like how do well, you get into performing? Because it seems so natural for you to become a performer. You know, I'd always, I'd always wanted to perform. Um, I, but I was a very quiet, socially awkward child, so I drew all the time, and that was kind of how I. Um, how I made contact with the outside world, but, um, but performance came a lot later. I got into choir in uh, high school and, um, and that definitely started to open some doors, but then I did a, uh, it was in early college. So first there was, so I, I lived in the dorms, my first, couple years in college mm -hmm. and uh which was really fun i got to be in the the art and music dorm and um and there were these girls uh gretchen and oh shoot i'm not going to be able to remember her name but these two girls who would invite me to their their room and because they would want me to sing and i was so embarrassed i would have them turn away when i would do it but i would sing part of your world from the little mermaid <laughs> And they were just like, it's uncanny. You sound just like her. And it, like, that was kind of the beginning of, of candy. You know, she's, yeah. that's, she's out of the sea. You know, she's yeah. like yeah. this, this thing, this like kind of magical voice. And like, once I can sort of access that, it's yeah. like just a thread that keeps on pulling and pulling and pulling yeah. until she's, until she's done. And then she leaves. <laughs> Enough of candy. <laughs> Until she's not having fun anymore, and yeah. then she leaves. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that's really sounds like um, you would have been fun in university. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. if I had a friend like you, I I have you singing to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I was resistant to it. I've like, 
you know, I've, I've put candy away for various periods in my life. And, uh, but you know, she just keeps coming back because she's this thing that works, you know, that people respond to. Yeah. And you finally get to a certain age and you're like, well, enough of doing what I want, you know, like I might as well do what works. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make, you have to make adult choices. (laughs) You have to bend to the will of the universe. True. This is so true. And sometimes it's not always fun. And, you know, I over the weekend, since we decided to do this interview, I've been in a deep, deep dive into drag. <laughs> I just because I wanted to know a little bit about it. Like, I really don't know anything about it until I started doing some research over the weekend. And when I was younger, I actually, before I went to university, I actually took a hairdressing course. Mm-hmm. And and I was doing hairdressing and it was quite fun. But one of the girls that I was, one of the students, I guess, she often talked about this drag queen was her friend. And she was always talking about how he would be doing. And this is in Edmonton, which is small town compared to Hawaii, you know, I mean, Waikiki. Um, and so she would talk about this drag queen and how beautiful she was. Well, you know. Okay. He was, she was, <laughs> yeah. she and, was, it's, yeah. It's appropriate. And you know, he, she, she would always say, you know, he, he would help her with her makeup and how to mm-hmm. style, and you know, and it kind of set in my mind a stereotype of not drag queens but gay people. So I have mm, in my mind, that right? Gay people are artistic and they really know how to you know, do hair, do makeup, you know, dress people, you know, kind of, uh, you know, just this artistic type. And I have a nephew um, who's gay and he's married, got married a couple of years ago. And anyway, he, before the pandemic, he said, Auntie, I want to come and visit you, you know, me and my husband. And I said, oh, I'd really love it because my other stereotype about gay people is they know how to cook. so i said to to him i said i'd be really excited to have you come and can you can you cook i'm sure you're great cooks and he said well my husband is a chef so yeah definitely we'll cook for you auntie (laughs) because because he is a chef so i mean i guess it's not all just stereotypical (laughs) well you know some stereotypes exist for a reason yeah, yeah. Well, and also, too, when I was in university, I I had a friend of mine who lived in my basement for a while while he was doing, well, while he was studying, and he was gay. And so he would make the most amazing cheesecakes. Like, I don't know how he did it, but <laughs> he made the best cheesecakes. So I think that's, you can tell where my stereotypes come from. <laughs> it's actual experience. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, like we always had so much fun. And in fact, he was a friend that took me to my first gay bar. Mm. And and it was in Edmonton again. And we kind of went down some back alley. There's no sign. And we went through back door and into this gay club. And I had a wonderful time there. <laughs> it was really you know, just different for me. And it was really fun because I don't drink. So it was more just the ambiance and the fun, Mm -hmm. like the characters just having fun, right? Just totally unleashing their, their, just having fun, no limits, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed that. And so that brings me to over the weekend, there's a huge controversy in Hawaii about drag story time. And I want to kind of get into that because while I was doing my deep dive, I ended up reading some of the comments that people mm-hmm. were writing. And and I understand, you know, on social media, people are anonymous and they feel free to be mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they are just mean people. And I can't believe how many mean people supposedly 
because of religion that they feel they're entitled to to be mean to another human being. And so I read some of these comments, but I could only read so many when I just thought, you know, enough of this. I don't need any more evidence that this is horrible. Right, that it's toxic. Yeah. And so I just stopped reading it. And then I started doing some looking at some documentaries. <laughs> like I <laughs> I watched a documentary on, I guess, Darcilla. Okay. She's um, a drag queen that was in the early 70s, maybe one of the first drag queens. Okay. And, and she was, um, oh, how did she start? But she started with, she was a singer, and then she started to, well, I guess it's he. I think his name is Andrew, or I can't remember his name, but his 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 um, drag name was Darcilla, and mm. he was he was also um, uh, I think he became a little bit political. Okay, but, you know, during the time of the I think it was um, 1974, Portland in Portland, Oregon, there was the um, um, town council, and they were the first one to to create a group dedicated to um, lesbian and gay um, uh, civil rights. And so he was part of that movement. And then he was also part of, you know, um, the education in the 80s because of AIDS. And nobody Mm -hmm. knew what was happening. And gay people were were dying all over the place, all over the country, all over the world. And so he was educating people on what, you know, HIV was, what AIDS really was, and what was happening to the gay community. And it was really, it's it's just heart-wrenching, you know, because mm-hmm. he really was an activist and an edu- educator and wanted to educate people. So right. anyway, so that was my little bit of a deep dive into into drag queens and it's so beautiful and it coincidentally my favorite artist when i was growing up in in the 70s 80s was david bowie mm-hmm. and anybody that knows me if you ask them you know what is angelina's favorite artist would automatically say david bowie oh david amazing bowie was my most favorite person in the world <laughs> And in fact, I saw a concert in Edmonton, I think it was 86 or 85, where he played at the Coliseum, 55,000 people. Wow. And it was the most amazing concert ever. He was huh. a great performer. And I'm so glad I saw it because, I mean, he's passed away now. And theres I don't think there's anybody like David Bowie. And I don't think there'll be anybody like him coming up. I could be wrong. I agree. But he was amazing. Like I He's just, an individual for sure. Oh, I just loved him. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, enough about me and my my crush on David Bowie. <laughs> 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 so so what happened over the weekend um with Drag's story? So uh this past weekend on Saturday there was a drag story time planned by um well as part of a keiki uh fair keiki means kids in uh in Hawaiian so it was a children's fair it was put on by Family Promise and Healthy Mothers Healthy Babies both of which are charitable organizations that provide services and goods to you know underserved communities on the island there were a number of other charities involved um and uh yeah they asked us to do it like i don't know maybe more than a month ago and i said yes i'd done previous drag story times on the island and it always gone well i've and i've done as candy shell i've done a number of uh of all ages performances here where there were, you know, young kids present, you know, I always of course have G rated material and I'm not wearing, you know, like a thong, not that I usually wear a thong, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I don't think candy was there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
but yes, yeah, so this one just happened because of all the kind of GOP talking points that happen to be floating around right now. It became this political, oh gosh, shitstorm for lack of a better word. It was, uh, you know, there were multiple, uh, Republican legislators that like went digging into my, um, in into all my uh, my media you know and pulling out things that they hoped would like paint me as some kind of amoral deviant um honestly though like uh the one guy elijah's video i watched it and i was like this is just like an ad for candy shell you put so much of this video in here and it's hilarious (laughs) 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 so whatever um uh but but yeah, I had a couple of legislators, you know, make these videos saying like, you know, is this what you want? And you're, you know, and, and so the, the, all of the advertising for the events started getting a lot of hate online. Right. And, um, and I got death threats and people calling me a pedophile and telling me I, I'm a demon and just like all this stuff, just all this uh, negativity that I had never, ever encountered before as candy. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really jarring, you know, and it, and it did scare me a little bit in terms of going ahead and doing the event. Uh, Especially after getting like, you know, like these comments where it's like a, a gun emoji next to a skull that says pow, pow, pedo. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know, but, but you know, I grew up in really small town Texas and I got bullied during my junior high years, like <laughs> pretty much every day. And, 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 in a way, I credit that for the individual that I am today. It was kind of like I got kicked out of the the normal crowd. So I kind of had to figure out what it was I liked on my own, mm-hmm. you know, rather than like looking to other people. Like, it's like, well, I'm on the outs, so I might as well please myself. What do I like, you know? <laughs> and um, And I really... I really treasure that about my life experience that I've, that I've had that kind of, that kind of look uh, from the other side of the looking glass. I think, you know, that it's important for artists to kind of like find themselves in that way. And, um, and so uh yeah, drag story time, we um, leading up to it. Uh, there was just, there were news articles and there, you know, the, I, you know, there was a, there's a Hawaii public radio thing. And like, it was just, it was getting a lot of attention. Um, we got there. Um, so it was me and my drag daughter, Tara Way. That's mm-hmm. her name. So Candy yeah. Shell and Tara Way. And, uh, Dawn, uh, has only been doing drag for, I mean, six months. So he was really thrown into this, you know, oh my goodness. but, but it was fine. He, um, you know, I, I, he is such a sweet soul. And I know that like all of that negativity was scary for him too. Mm. And, but I kind of basically kind of ha- handled the political side of things while he, handled like getting us organized for the show itself and um and we did it we uh it turned out great um the kids really enjoyed it uh we did have to cut it short at the very end though because security was getting nervous about somebody that they saw on the perimeter and and they like actually took us off stage and escorted us like with like all this security flanking us back to our car, there were a lot of protesters. Well, I don't know if a lot is actually, there were probably somewhere between 
12 and 15 protesters. I'm maybe more, maybe less at different times, but they, because the organizations had actually rented out the park or a section of it, they couldn't like be like immediately where we were, which was such a blessing because it, it would have been disturbing to the children. I mean, there were like, there was a little bit of like kind of, scuffling and a a lot of like real ugly kind of yelling, you know, like happens at these things with these giant signs with like Bible verses on them. And, but then a whole bunch of like conjecture (laughs) 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 and just, you know, like people were mad for all different kinds of reasons. And the Republican, uh, I mean, I don't want to, I hate to say Republican, but the, the, the forces that were on the side of creating this controversy, yeah. you know, were, were trying to attack it from all different sides saying, well, we don't want our tax dollars spent on paying drag queens. Well, none of the DOH funds were spent paying us. And, you know, and then, you know, based on the comments, you know, and, and in the media leading up to the event, like we tried to address some of this stuff, you know, people were getting all these messages that there were going to be these super inappropriate things happening in front of kids and that they, and that we're going to be reading books that are indoctrinating them in the LGBT agenda, which is, I don't know what, you know, like <laughs> that, that agenda to let people leave their own lives. That's funny because I meant to say live their own lives, but I mistakenly said leave their own lives, which is, I don't know. That's funny. a different message altogether. Kind of funny. <laughs> Maybe that's what they wanted you to do. Yeah. yeah. It's just a subconscious thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah. And it, you know, I, while I searched around for drag story time, I also noticed it was occurring here in Ottawa as well, where I live. Mm. And I thought that was interesting. So there was a little bit of controversy, not much, but there was some threat of protesters at this mm-hmm. one place in Ottawa. But in the end, there was, you know, four or five people. That was it. And it just kind of, you know, died down. It it didn't amount to anything. And and you're right. You know, what the effect of these protesters, if the children could hear the commotion that's going on outside, the yelling, the, right. you know, the profanity, you know, that type of language that's going on, that would upset the children more than the story. Absolutely. You know? I mean... And, but but fortunately, we had all of these community members who positioned themselves in like a a, a semicircle around the mm-hmm. perimeter of the whole thing and blocked us from all the negative protesters and even brought big banners and flags with them to kind of block their immediate view of the Queens, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, I had never before felt like that sense of my community having my back. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, these people are possibly putting themselves in harm's way just to make sure that I can do this silly thing, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and, and, you know, and, and, and and also once the controversy all started up, I felt like I had to do it. I felt like I had to do the show to, um, to defend my name, you know, to defend my reputation and say, there's nothing as Dolly Parton says, there's nothing dirty going on, but there really was not anything dirty going on in this situation. It was just, you know, some Disney songs and, uh, and some adorable kids books. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, like I had said in a, in a message to you, I said, I would have loved ha- having a story read to me by a drag queen. Like, because I, I couldn't see anything more delicious for a little child 
than exactly. to have yeah because it's there's so, so much to look at they're yeah. so charismatic yeah it's just this sort of like it's like a like a Fantasy. a living yeah a living cartoon character yeah 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 and, and and little kids aren't thinking about private parts or gender or any of that stuff yeah. they're just like taking in all the visual information yeah and just yeah. being like wow who is this person you know like yeah. am i at disney world what's happening you know <laughs> yeah, and yeah. oh wonderful yeah well um i reminded my daughter when i when she was young and i take her to the dentist and um not the dentist but i went and i took her for her you know inoculation okay and the and my doctor, her pediatrician, actually had like a Sylvester there oh. that actually gave her the shot. So she never mind going to see the doctor because Sylvester was there. Oh, and she didn't so know funny. he was a character. It was just Sylvester, right? <laughs> you know, like children really just go with whatever's going on. And oh, I remember boy. one year I had um, at university, Buffy St. Marie was doing a a concert at the U of A. And so she invited me to coffee after. So I, I told my daughter, I'm going to have coffee with Buffy St. Marie. Um, so I'll be late. And she said, Oh, big bird's friend. <laughs> <laughs> so to the, just the whole character things, children buy into it and love it. And it's absolutely there is nothing untoward about whatever is going on. It's just entertainment. And children are the most, you know, in, in that, well, I'm kind of, I follow Buddhist philosophy, you know, so children really are the real Buddhists because they're in yeah. the moment. They don't think of yesterday. Don't, they don't think of the future. They're thinking of just that moment of having whatever is going on, getting the most out of it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And it's their innocence, right? It's their Absolutely. innocence. They're not looking for any agenda for what's happening. And, and you know, drag is an art form. And just like any art form, there is a spectrum, you know, just like, let's say, the the art form of comedy. You know, there's everything from, you know, children's family-friendly comedy to Eddie Murphy's stand-up. Mm. and 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 Eddie Murphy's a great example because he went on to do um Disney movies, you know, like went on to do the Haunted Mansion series. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, this performer can is is able to perform in different venues with different audiences and and that's fine, you know, but you know, and I get also that not all drag is going to be appropriate for all audiences, mm. but Candy Shell just happens to be this presence that I feel like was, was given to me that is like seriously, a, a, a like invoking the goddess. It's like definite goddess energy, but very self-effacing, silly goddess energy. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, while we're on, on candy, um, how long does it take you to create her? Like it oh, must be gosh. a huge. It it thing. does take it does take a minute, but I have been able to shave it down. You know, it used okay. to take me from like from literally from shaving to being ready to go. I mean, that was like a solid five hours, and now I can do my makeup in like maybe two and a half hours. Wow. But it's. You know, it's the main thing is like gluing my eyebrows down. Yes. That's like the first thing. And you really got to do it right because that can mess everything up in the end <laughs> if you don't get them just flat and glued down. Yeah. You yeah. don't want any man eyebrows peeking out through your your lady face. Yeah, yes. Yeah. What's with that lady? <laughs> no, what's happening no, to her face? But she it's really cracking. is beautiful, right? Like the makeup is flawless like she looks great Thank and you. like the big hair right <laughs> yeah like that that looks really really amazing and and her voice her voice is really wonderful like the singing is really i know it's a great performance 
it's funny too because it's like for me candy and and i'm i'm a singer myself like i um when i was living in new york I was trying to pursue or I was pursuing a career as like a solo musical artist. And I put out a couple of albums under the name, just Dan Paul. And, uh, and, but I would always have like vocal issues, um, you know, have been this person who would frequently lose their voice. And I've had situations where I've, I've, lost my voice leading up to a performance with candy, but I'll just kind of keep getting ready anyway and just be like, let's see what happens. And then when she takes over, it just comes back and it's like, there's no problem. Yeah. Like she is seriously like a spirit, like Mm -hmm. this, this spirit that, that kind of infuses with my own. And I almost feel like I'm in the backseat of the car. Like and she's driving the car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. almost reacting to the things I'm saying, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she just said that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's amazing too, because it's a, her personality is like a cartoon in that negativity just does not touch her. And I don't know a real person like that, mm-hmm. but she is like that. It just, it it doesn't she doesn't see it she doesn't hear it she doesn't react to it because it's not in her vocabulary right. and she just focuses on the positive and making connections and you know when candy is at an event it it's so unlike me i have a ton <laughs> of social anxiety and very like want to be cool and want to, you know, like, uh, want to be perceived a certain way. I mean, just uh, all the baggage that any person has, but with candy, like she's just running up to strangers, like just hi, hi. Oh, I love your, I love your outfit. And you know, like yeah. that's, yeah. that's her vibe. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, I, at this point in my life, I feel very blessed to have her as the second personality. (laughs) (laughs) I really like the way you said, um, you know, you, it's like you're observing her, you know, you're, Mm -hmm. you're kind of on the back looking at what she's doing and she's surprising you at what she's doing and what's coming out of her mouth. Similarly, you know, when you're meditating, uh, like when I'm meditating, there's a meditation you do where you get into a point where you're just, observing the meditator so you're observing you mm. taking your breath you're observing what what's you're doing you're the person looking at the meditator right and that's when you know you're in the zone of meditation when you yeah. can separate yourself from the meditator because there's somebody there yeah and it's not you <laughs> you right. know and so when you get to the point where you can observe you're in the zone. Yeah. Because you're, you're like you've... connected to spirit or. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Yeah. I, you mess. know, the only, the only out of body experience I've ever had was in drag on stage. And I, it was just a moment where I was performing and I suddenly realized that I was looking down at me performing from like the vantage point of like the, the ceiling of the venue. Yes. And as soon as I realized it, you know, and it was just sort of this dreamy feeling too. It was like, I was performing and then I was like looking down on everything. And I was like, wait a minute, what, how am I seeing this? And I was like, and wait, if I'm watching this, who is singing right now? You know? And, and the moment I thought that I was like, like right back back in in my body, but I was like, wow. What a neat experience. That's, yeah. You were in the zone. Definitely in the zone. <laughs> yeah. The spirit was there and you were right with it. So that's really, really, really cool. I like that. Um, yeah. Like, I think, you know, there must have been some positive that came out of like the protesting over the weekend, right? Um, what was the positive that came out of it? Well, one, just the community coming together in this way and having this opportunity 
to just put their foot down and say, no, we're not doing this mainland BS. We are not going to go down this crazy, like demonization of a group that here on this island has been accepted with open arms since the 70s. You know, Hawaii was the first to legalize gay marriage. And not only that, but Hawaiian culture has the mahu, which is the third gender, which in their culture is a revered status. And they are the caretakers of the children. You know, it's like, and so for these, for these supposedly very, local guys that are getting all broy bully style toward me you know it's like that's not really being true to the original culture here like mm-hmm. like and and especially to say that to equate drag queens with pedophiles is just blatantly wrong and and just an awful thing to say and 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 totally like harkens back to the 70s and 80s when christian groups were trying to say the same thing about gay men yeah you know trying to try to draw that false equivalency back then it's just like a way to scare people Mm -hmm. yeah and often people will demonize you know a group of people that either they're afraid of or don't understand. Yeah. And I find that just in everyday living, you know, yeah. like, you know, as I was in, you know, groups like, like a, you know, board of directors or in a, you know, group of people, if somebody doesn't like you, the first thing they do is they demonize who you are. Yeah. You know, because they're either afraid of you or they don't understand. And yep. that's the first place they go. They'll go to making you out to be what they say is evil. Mm-hmm. I myself don't believe in good and evil. I don't think there's such a thing. It was created in my mind because, I mean, I was in residential school, so I have this whole thing about churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Indigenous people were indoctrinated to to learn about good and evil to keep them in their place yeah. so that the church can, can um, control them. Yeah. So, you know, and so that's what I think about when people are stewing, you know, assaults at other people, demonizing them. It's about control. It's about controlling them. And I, and that's always wrong. <laughs> yeah. There's no right way, but I'm glad that, you know, the community supported you that came up and showed up for you guys yeah i think that says a lot about hawaii (laughs) absolutely absolutely and and there were way more supporters than there were detractors and and the supporters all had signs of their own but they were they were like love is love less combative kind of messages Yeah. And I just, I felt like we had a circle of protection around us. Yeah. Well, definitely sounds like it. It must be, I mean, the Hawaiians must have a word for that. It's definitely some aloha for sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah aloha so, is real, y'all. Yeah. 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 No, this is so true. And it, and it makes me feel good that it turned out that way. I know we had, you know, you expressed that you wanted to have this interview prior to, you know, the weekend, but I knew the weekend was going to turn out good. And I wanted to talk about it after in a positive way so that there wasn't any fear with our talking about what was going to happen, that we could talk about what actually happened in a positive Mm -hmm. light. And the children were entertained, period. (laughs) Nothing bad happened to them. No. You know, one thing I did experience, though, uh, after I got home from the event and I took off my makeup and de-dragged, it was only then that I started feeling like 
oh my God, am I going to have a panic attack? Like what, where's this anxiety coming from? And I think it was just that I had kind of pushed it down and then candy on top of that. And she's just so focused on keeping the kids engaged and, you know, just walking across the park in heels and, uh, that, that it was like only once I got home that I, I felt all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I, I had to process like a, a good amount of kind of anxiety. And, and there were a few tears like that day and the next day and, and, um, just kind of like, you know, shedding and, and, and moving through all of those feelings and all of those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely you wouldn't be human if you didn't have, um, residual effect of what happened, you know, yeah. because, it's really huge. I mean, to have that much hate thrown at you, you know, even if you were, even if candy is Teflon, it still will kind of stick on to Dan. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because, yeah. you know, you are human. <laughs> and as much as other people might not think you're human, you are. Human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, yeah. So I'm just checking our time. Okay. We got about 15 minutes. Okay. And how I, I think we, we did a good job. Of, I guess what I didn't talk about is for, for the listeners, how would you describe a drag queen? Okay. Well, this is, this is interesting because this, this terminology seems to be expanding all the time. The drag queen universe just continues to, uh, to be moving, moving its borders outward. You know, honestly, anyone can be a drag queen. Yeah. Like a man can be a drag queen and a woman can be a drag queen. And, and, uh, when a, when a cisgendered woman chooses to do drag like female drag not a drag king but a drag queen it's like that's that's the whole thing of like padding and putting on these giant wigs and huge eyeliner you know it's like there's no woman in this day and age that like really lives like that it's <laughs> it's it's edifice and nobody is born wearing slacks or a skirt or high heels you know these are all things these are all human constructs mm. that we um that we assign to gender but having heels on your shoes is not something that's specific to women you know like heeled shoes started you know with the the fops in the you know the 1700s yeah and um but so, so, th so there, so drag is just kind of like anyone that kind of puts on a costume and assumes a persona. Like that's kind of it at this point. You know, it's like, it, it's just sort of becoming this other person. And there is a lot of variation within that, you know, um, drag queens often, but not always wear wigs, really, you know, elaborate, flashy outfits. <laughs> um, they, uh, but they're, but there's all different kinds of performers. Some queens are dancers. Some queens do really fierce lip syncs. Some queens are uh, acrobatic or like me are funny on the mic. And, uh, yeah. And, and so it's just, it's really just like, a, a for me as an artist, you know, like I started as a visual artist, I moved into writing and then I started making music and, and, and I was just like, gosh, am I just going to be this jack of all trades and master of none for my whole life? But drag created this window that I could look through and see all of my talents utilized and, and um and so it was a way to put my illustration and animation talents to use to put my video editing to use to do the singing to do the comedy to do the writing and to get to be the actress and to get to draw these outfits and have people fabricate them like 
it's it's really been kind of a dream come true. And I've had such a wealth of diverse experiences that sometimes I just have to just stop and be like, wow, I am so blessed. You know, like I'm this 46 year old man, but just a few weeks ago, I had this experience where I was wearing this long, gorgeous blue dress and running through this event and with my hair flowing. And I felt like a young maiden, you know, like (laughs) I felt like I was having that full experience. Like I felt beautiful and I felt uh, vital. Mm. And, um, and, and it's just, it's so fun. And I think that it does keep me young. Like, being able to have these these very different kind of experiences and to to keep reinforcing just not hanging on to anything too tightly yeah you know yeah. we got to be open to all the wealth and and range of experiences that that life has to offer yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful what you said because it's so it's so right. It's like you found your niche where you mm-hmm. can explore all your creativity. Yeah. One. <laughs> you know, like you create it and you, you condense it all into this character. And yeah. then you're able to to do the things that you love. Right. So yeah, it's almost like it's almost like all these things get like um squeezed down or condensed into this one single kind of beam of light. And yes. that is candy shell. She's like a friggin' laser yeah. of love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I wouldn't want to argue with candy because she would be, I think she oh, would be laser focused and right quite <laughs> there, you know? I don't think candy would argue. I don't, I don't think it's in, I don't think it's in her nature. She might speak her truth, but I don't know if she's, uh, I don't, she's, she's not the argumentative type. We should try that one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah, I should. I'd love I'm to happy, have her. I'm happy to bring her. I'm happy to bring her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should. Well, I think that, yeah, that's, you know, I think she's wonderful. And, and, you know, right from the very first time that, you sent me a, a short video of her. I thought, oh my God, you created this? Like, it's just so awesome, you know, that the talent you create. And then, and then I look at her and I, how can, you know, somebody be so beautiful? <laughs> like, it's not even real. How can you be so beautiful? <laughs> well, it's called glue and paint. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's, I know, but it's so great. And I like to stick with the illusion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. No, it's amazing. I, and, and for the time that it lasts, it's just like Cinderella. It's real. Yeah. It's real yeah. for that, for that moment. And I yeah. just, and I live for that moment. Yeah. Oh, no. I think it's absolutely wonderful. And so while we're ending, I like to keep my eye on the time. Why don't we talk about, this is a question I ask many of my guests at the end, and often they haven't thought about it, and especially since you're only 47, 46, <laughs> that you probably haven't thought of your legacy. What legacy, mm-hmm. and when I mean legacy, I mean what impact in the world are you leaving behind that makes well, a difference in a positive way on society? I am an artist with a huge ego, so I have definitely thought about this. Um, oh, great. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the kind of person that I am, um, this, 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 whatever I am, this, this triple dragon, double Libra, Capricorn moon person <laughs> that like, really wants to make a mark and has a very kind of like personal vision of what success is. Yeah. Like I, I, um, you know, I, I would just, I would love to leave a positive mark and, and I would love it if candy could even leave a positive mark in like children's programming. I think that would be amazing. Right. You know, she, she had this one video that uh on on Instagram and um 
my husband's cousin sent us this video. Her friend's daughter was watching it. Her little three-year-old daughter with these little glasses and her like cup of drink that she's carrying. And she's like holding the phone and she's just watching Candy's video over and over and over. She must've watched it 50 times. And it's the one where Candy says she's, uh, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just want to tell you something really quick. And that is you are beautiful. You are unique and you are loved. If nobody else, definitely by me. Okay, go ahead. Go, go, go. Bye bye. And, um, and, uh, and I just, I can't think of any better legacy than to leave a message like that on the world. Wow. Yeah. That you're right. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, and for a young child to get the message, right? So obviously it resonated with that young child that mm-hmm. she watched it over and over. It must have said yeah. something to her. It's like that movie. Which one was it? that movie that um, says you were you were beautiful, you were smart? Was... Oh, you're thinking of the help, I think. Yes, the help. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of, I think that kind of resonates with people because they can take that in mm-hmm. and apply it to themselves and look in the mirror and say, you are beautiful, you are smart, you mean something, you belong in this world, you have a place in this world. And I don't think there's anybody in this world who doesn't need to hear that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So that, yeah, that's a really good way to leave, to leave the interview. And I really appreciate you, you know, accepting my invitation to have this discussion and, uh, absolutely. And I always want my, my interviews, you know, for, people listening to come away with learning something and maybe change their mind about something before they Mm -hmm. started listening and be gentler and more compassionate towards other humans, you know, and, um, you know, I do my recording on Algonquin unceded territory. And I always mention that because it's important while we sit on, you know, stolen lands from Indigenous people that we acknowledge. And I want to, I always acknowledge it at the end of my recordings because it's important to me that Indigenous people know that they're, and they do know that they're the first people here on this, on this land and that they matter too. You know, mm-hmm. each and every one of them matter. It doesn't matter their situation. They do matter. Yeah. And uh, that's how I'd like to leave our interview. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dan, for being of here. Of course. <laughs>